Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Disintegrated Einstein. Einstein. It's a mini soap. Hi, it's Frida. And it's Abby. It's mission catch-up time. What does a science podcast do with a story spanning 27 movies? Make a mini-series! We're talking character and story development, over-the-top action, and of course, science plots that get more and more extreme. Join us as we delve deeper and deeper into the Marvel Cinematic Universe in ways that destroy Frida's brain cells one by one. We will make a believer out of her yet, or so I thought, and now I don't think anymore. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's definitely going to go full Thanos and snap me out of the podcast. Yeah, five out of five, finally. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. <laughs> I am the Guardians. <laughs> Go on. The Guardians are back and saving the galaxy. The ragged band of outcasts are splitting their time between Saven and Thieven, but this time they have mugged off the wrong royal. Luckily, a mysterious stranger saves them from the Imperial fleet. Star-Lord finally finds out what planet his dad is from. And it's his own planet. Like as in, his dad is an actual freaking planet. Well, a giant celestial brain inside a planet of its own making. But it's still pretty impressive. Like, does your dad have his own planet? Now, where did I put those Anulex batteries? Oh, yeah. What was this batteries thing? I knew it that I just dropped it. The batteries. They, they oh, take it, it from the... the sovereign people. Yeah. Oh, they, they, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very... Okay, listen. Before we get into this, I'm just yes. going to say, because I got very, very head up last episode, um, because I was quite sensitive, because this is one of my favorite Marvel movies. You really um, were. So I just promise that I'm going to try to keep myself under control this this episode <laughs> and and try to not be so personally offended by all the horrific things Frida is about to say. Um, I'm going to explain something that I have, I have to explain with volume two that I couldn't explain with volume one. Like, how should I begin? As I started watching it, it was like, what came first, this or Rick and Morty? Because Rick and Morty is a mockery of Guardians of the Galaxy, is it? Because I couldn't believe it. Because they have an episode about Rick. Guardians of the Galaxy has existed as a comic book before. Like, this wasn't just made for the movie. It is an actual Marvel comic book. Yeah, I know. But um, I've watched Rick and Morty, all the episodes. And Rick and Morty is, like, really good. And it's, like, very clever and very, very funny. And so watching this, having watched the brilliance of Rick and Morty, it was like crazy to me to watch because Rick and Morty has an episode where Rick fucks a planet. Like there's a planet that's a person with a thing in the middle and Rick has had sex with that planet at some point and it's like, and then there's a whole planet about a unified brain that tries to just like unify and become everybody. Like these are storylines. So I've watched the spoof before I watched it. Yeah, I've just looked it up. It's the spoof. It's, and it's intentionally a spoof I, of Guardians 2. It was so basically Rick and Morty took the ridiculousness of these plots and 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 pulled it to pieces and mocked it so mercilessly that it was kind of like I hadn't realized that it was directly from this. So for me to watch Guardians of the Galaxy after already seeing Rick and Morty, which is like an acid trip. It obviously was going to it was obviously going to not be good yeah but you can't suspend your disbelief anyway with these types of movies it's not you don't true. enjoy them it's not true 
if they're good. You've said to me before that you don't like space movie. You don't like the whole out there thing. But if something's good, it's good. And the thing about Rick and Morty is it's like, I hate, I don't like animation so much. I don't like space sort of thing, but it's so clever and that I have to concede. So my issue with Guardians of the Galaxy is I've watched all the Rick and Mortys like more than once and loved it. So you'd understand then that if I'm watching Guardians of the Galaxy, it's like watching the slow lane in terms of clever dialogue and snappy things or just conceptual stuff because I've already seen the send up. So that makes it hard. Do you know what I mean? It's not my I fault. I just don't think, like, I, yeah, no, but I'm just saying it's no, because you know what that is? That's pretentious. Why is that pretentious? Because basically, like, it, it's so snobby. No. Rick it's, and Morty no, is No, you've very just clever. said you've watched the send up. Yes. Which is very clever. Like Rick, Rick and Morty, Morty is, is a separate clever. thing. Yeah, Rick and Morty. And I enjoy Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty it's is a good smart. thing. But that doesn't mean that Guardians is a bad thing because they're not comparable. You can't say that like because Rick and Morty is good, therefore Guardians of the Galaxy is bad because it's not the same as Rick and Morty. They're different things. But I'm saying Rick and Morty has the self-awareness, which is why it's, it's clever. That's the clever part that it's self-aware. But Guardians it's the of the Galaxy of it. has no self-awareness. So it does all these things without any but self-awareness. But you're upset with Guardians of the Galaxy over the ridiculousness of the storyline. But the whole point of it is you can't make this storyline be realistic. How could you possibly make it as a realistic storyline? It's not about that. It's, so, it's How not could about you realistic. make this story be it's, self-aware? Okay, so what would you change about it that would make it more self-aware, that would make it more acceptable to your standards? <laughs> I'm not a film writer. I'm a film critic. Obviously, this it's is not my job. Well. It's not my job. <laughs> it's not my job to to write. Ah, that's the it's my job to criticize that everyone gives. No, it isn't. No, but the, but you're criticizing it, but you're not telling me oh how it God. needs to change to make it better, dude. That's bullshit. That's like being like, I don't <laughs> like that song, and you're like, couldn't you sing better than that? I'm like, fuck you. That's a shit song. No, but this is what I'm saying. I'm saying you cannot like something. That's totally fine. You not liking something is fine. But you overly criticizing something because it's not as good as something else doesn't make any sense because that's no, the same thing as me saying. No, what I said. No, no. It ruined Frida, it. It ruined okay, Frida, it. Because that's basically... Because okay, it found Frida. all the things that were stupid about it and fleshed it out already before I watched it. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay, so why should I bother watching any? Um, why should I bother watching any pianist play any piece of piece of music if I could just watch like the best pianist in the world play their piece of music? Could be, yeah. Well, I've already seen I've already seen the up version, so why the fuck would I bother watching anyone else in any you other different anywhere play any sort of music? You, that is, firstly, maybe you're what? like, <laughs> firstly, number one. <laughs> Maybe it, it is bad. You're like, I've seen this done better and this is paling in comparison. And I've done that. I went to a concert where someone played one of the songs and I was like, sorry, I can't. it's not about me being able to do that, but you shouldn't have played that piece because that wasn't good enough. But also you can have different interpretations of something and it's still good. You can bring out certain nuances of something. You can you can think whatever but you're you want saying, about anything. But you're criticizing, you're criticizing a movie for not being as good as a spoof that was done of the movie. You're saying different interpretations and have it be better. How could Guardians of the Galaxy go back in time and have a different interpretation of a spoof that Rick and Morty did after the movie was made and make it better? Let me make myself clear. (laughs) Someone watched Guardians of the Galaxy and thought it was stupid before me and mocked it. 
It wasn't me. It was Dan, whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, but he of watched Guardians of the Galaxy. Have stupidity in he was them. probably it's a high. Celestial he brain. was like, "This is hilarious. I need to mock it with Gar- with Rick and Morty." And instead of Chris Pratt being like kind of like this sexy, sort of still appealing, he turns it into Rick Sanchez, who's just disgusting, and that's hilarious. And he, so I'm coming along, having already seen it's. It's. I'm just saying, it makes it hard. That guy already watched Guardians of the Galaxy and, and was like, this is hilariously stupid. I'm making fun of it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying you're allowed to have, you're You're allowed to have a different opinion, but I just think it's really harsh to say that the reason you can't possibly see any value in the in like Guardians that. of the Galaxy because Rick and Morty made you realize how incredibly stupid that. the story was and all you want to see is the is the piss take version of it. It's not because, a piss like, take, but of course, it's but a, like it's, it's a satire. Okay, okay, we okay, we've we've this has been going on for ages. We haven't even started talking about the fucking movie. Okay, fine. All right, whatever. I tried to get it across. Any cast you want? This is going to be terrible. I failed. It did it. I also I. I, I don't know how to talk about it. Elizabeth Debicki is hilarious. The Suffered Race is hilarious. Oh, yeah. Riding the jockey, the arcade jockey game is the fucking funniest thing in the world because that jo- that game at the arcade with the jockey is so stupid. So this is this was a good thing in the movie that they were mocking something in the real world which is so hilariously stupid and it looks so weird. When you're at the arcade and people are on the jockey game, you're like, who thought this was good? And then you had an entire race of people people who are golden and okay that's one of my technology on things so i'm not going to talk about okay. it there because I, I don't know why you're taking the piss out of that i'm not taking the um, piss i'm complimenting I, okay. it it was a good joke i don't i can't tell anymore frida i can't tell oh chris pratt talks about his dick a lot in this one though you have to agree with me he's a dude that's his character okay fine. i'm not talking i'm not doing this again all right <laughs> i liked yeah i think elizabeth debicki was great i thought she was i, I really enjoyed her um, I think Kurt Russell is a good choice for Chris Pratt's dad. <laughs> yes, they have exactly the same look. It's crazy. It's weird. It's like they're exactly the same level of like stocky male, but like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's weird. Big face, with a big okay. smile. <laughs> Are there any scenes or anything that you want to pick out? <laughs> um, not right now. Okay. I'm just going to skip mine. <laughs> Okay, no, I love Taser baby face. having to get the fin. Oh, yeah. Taser face. That's like question two answer. Thank you very much. Okay, question number two. Discussion about the story and the character developments. Okay, so this this time round in the story, if we can put aside all of the issues that you have with it, we can just talk about the story um, in terms of the characters. It is all about family. Uh, we started in movie one with a lot of contention between Drax and Rocket, but now it's a little bit between Rocket and Quill and a sort of a, a just a weird power dynamic between the two of them and, and how to be in a team, how to be in this like family unit team when you've got two people who think they should be in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're all basically now parents as well because of a little baby Groot, solidifying mm. them as a family unit. And then we obviously have the whole you know um nebula and gamora relationship the complexity of nebula the bad guy and gamora the good guy uh and their sibling rivalry slash love and then you've got yondu he may have been your father but he wasn't your daddy oh i wrote that line down amazing yeah 
So yeah, so how do we feel about the whole, basically the entire theme of the movie is family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I thought that the story evolved like really nicely. Like the the way that it all came together with the dad and the mum and the cancer and the 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 yondu the kid the kids the kidnapping thing because Stallone says something like oh you you got yeah. kids involved and you're like oh what's that about and then it comes although they're like a holy order what what's that they're like a they're like a religious kind of thing the rate the ravages the rab- no they just they have a code okay but um. Yeah, it came together really well. I think especially on jobs, I mean, because he dies. So it's like we don't really get any more of his character. But his character, the whole time in the first movie, in the second movie, you're like, what's his deal? Like he always reverts Mm. on it. He seems to like, you know, like he's always like fine. And he's like, okay, fine. And he never really wants to kill it. He never kills them. He yeah. always can be convinced. And you're like, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Why isn't he more selfish? And then the way that the story came around, it was really sad. Yeah. It was sad. And it made a lot of sense. And it explained his character really well. Anyway, Gamora and Nebula. I'm sorry, that was just sad. Yeah. That was just sad. That was just awful. I cannot even. Because they, they were Thanos' daughters, right? And you're yeah. like, what does that mean exactly? Because they seem to both hate him. And you're like, oh, yeah. by daughters, you mean, oh, God, it was like pets. Yeah. Like awful. Every time they fought and lost and Nebula lost, he ripped a piece off of her and replaced it with something else. Yeah. But still Gamora still beat her. Why did Gamora keep beating her if she knew what was going to happen to Nebula? Nebula is 100% correct for the fact that she's had this vendetta and the fact that they explained that explained why she wanted to kill her for the entire two of the movies. So all the character developments that happened in this one explain so much of the characters in the first movie. And of course, Rocket as well. It's sad as well. Yeah, Rocket. Sad. That's the the thing. It's it's one of my favorite things is the growth in Nebula and her story. Because it's just that complexity. It's not just the standard kind of bad guy villain. Oh, she was a robot and now she's angry or whatever. It's like there's a lot more detail mm-hmm. in where her feelings are coming from and that they're justified, completely justified. Yeah, and they're not sisters. And it also highlights Gamora being, you know, hailed particularly in the, fu- in the first movie. You know, she's the guardian of the galaxy. She's the good guy. And it's like, is Gamora a good guy? And that's, that's the whole thing. It's mm-hmm. showing that, you know, the good guys have bad things in their in in their like they have baggage and bad things as well and the bad guys might not necessarily be pure evil or purely bad like that there's there's more depth in what we can kind of take from good guys and bad guys in Mm. movies that we don't kind of get to see a lot of the time so i kind of like the dynamics throughout all of this Mm. and nebula and gamora they're like siblings in the sense that they're traumatized together they're not first of all they're not sisters but th- what yeah. connects them is their trauma. So it's like, you were traumatized with me, therefore we should be bonded. And it's like, it doesn't really work that way, actually. It's complicated. Yeah. One person would react and one trauma response would be to cling to the other one. The other one might react of like, actually, I never want to see you again because it reminds me of my trauma. So it was like depicting a real, if two people are traumatized together, it was depicting the complexity around how their relationship might be going forward. It's yeah, really it's sad. Right. It was fucking sad. Man. It is. It was, it was dark. This Thanos is fucking dark. I don't know if I want to. Yeah. 
with him. Oh, we gotta we gotta keep going with him though. We do. It's awful. Okay, so let's move into part two. Uh, oh wait, do we learn anything else? No, we don't really. We kind of we just learn about ego mm. um, as the planet and a bit about celestials, but uh it doesn't it doesn't further the story too much in terms of like the direction of the infinity stones and what's happening um on earth in terms of what the avengers are are dealing with i i kind of always feel like the avengers timeline is kind of like the first the avengers and the first three movies that we watched are all kind of simultaneously happening around the same time as this is happening in guardians of the galaxy uh, with the whole Thanos storyline. So anyway, um, the I've completely lost my train of thought. Yeah, so we don't need to learn anything really in terms of the direction of the story moving forward. The m- important parts that we kind of get from this is the Nebula-Gamora relationship and the development of Nebula. That's kind of the most important thing that we learn, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah um so question two best bits funny bits if you have any frida do you stop being salty <laughs> my god i'll just leave. hey i can be salty if if you're gonna tear apart these movies i can be salty. okay we've already discussed the scene where Groot brings stuff it's very cute and it is very funny um and i just loved his renewed his renewed mohawk my favorite weapon yeah of my life oh this is in terms of Groot, like this is yeah, my it's the whole opening titles with Baby Groot dancing. I love it so much. Yeah, he's very cute. I like Baby Groot. Um, and we already mentioned is that the ba, ba, ba? oh okay. So there's the funniest thing that happens in this movie. It is so funny and it made me laugh so much. And it was again Michael Rooker. He was like, huh. he's like what? He's like you look like Mary Poppins. <laughs> is he cool? Hell yeah, he's cool. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah. That was really funny. That was so funny. And in Michael Rooker, I don't know. He's, yeah. Like, obviously, someone knows how to write for Michael Rooker. Um, I have it's three great. more. Oh, okay. Well, the Michael Rooker, I'm, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all, is one of mine. <laughs> and uh, opening titles, Baby Groot. Uh, I've just got two lines. Go, give me yours. I've just got two mm. lines of dialogue. The David Hasselhoff through line. Is... Yes. <laughs> Did you hear the end credit song? Oh god, the end credit. You credits should look this up on so YouTube. So many things. That what Hasselhoff did the. So it's this. Uh, David Hasselhoff did the end credit song. Yeah. Someone who knows how to laugh at himself. God bless him. <laughs> There's the whole thing. Like the whole song is hilarious. It's like my mm. daddy was a planet. Really good. <laughs> Um, the same thickness on the outside as it from the inside. When <laughs> yes, the beginning, so good. Just that, just that. Him saying that line is like, I know it's the same thickness. Just the clunkiness of that line, the hilarity of it, and then him trying to like break it in the middle, and then <laughs> I have saved everybody. That was very amusing. And then I wrote another one was the catch. Sorry, I could not contain my laughter during the catch scene when they started playing catch. Oh yeah. I <laughs> so was lolling. It was so stupid. I know. I I was laughing my head off at how funny it was. Them being like, because he because before he was like, I never played catch with my dad, and then he's like, he's playing yeah. catch. It's hilarious. Those are all my things. Okay. Um, 
there I've just got two there's just one line and I can't actually remember who says it but it's when they're talking about like when they're arguing on the planet um about Yondu being soft the ravagers and someone just goes if he's so soft why are you whispering for and I just I just like that line a lot <laughs> always made me giggle uh but my favorite is <laughs> it's it's Sean Gunn's ravager um bringing nebula to the ship that they're giving her to leave and he's like do you uh what are you gonna do i can't remember what he's asking and she says something about like i'm gonna find my father and i'm gonna rip him apart i'm gonna tear him <laughs> limb from limb <laughs> Sean comes just and he's like i was thinking like a pretty necklace oh yeah to make the other girls go gonna... Ooh, that's nice i liked that guy that guy was great it's just the delivery of that line after Nebulas. Yeah. It's just it it's so good. Um, <laughs> does he survive that that character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he has some danger at the end, and I was like, "Oh no, don't kill him off! I want him to join them. He needs it. He needs to join them." He sounds like he's someone no, in need of love. No, he's at the end. They give him Yondu's um, arrow, and there's that scene of him trying to trying yeah. to whistle and trying to get it to move. It's just really, it's really good. Yeah, he was good. Um, okay, so number three um, wow. is the, yeah, so the technology and the science. So I've got uh, just two things, two things, three-ish things to just chat about. I've got two things. Okay. One's the quantum asteroid field. <laughs> I didn't even touch it. <laughs> so much quantum. Uh, they just they just seem to like it's like they're going through like, i don't know i don't understand it Go sometimes on, they're there sometimes then. they're not there that's why it was quantum first of all like in, oh. in um <laughs> captain america winter soldiers this is a quantum spike in in intel whatever i was like what was what is yeah. quantum in that I've, i yeah uh, i don't know um but this one i'm like i guess quantum here meant sometimes the asteroids are there sometimes they're not there <laughs> that's good i didn't even think of that <laughs> that makes sense then why they keep disappearing and then appearing <laughs> it's very good um okay what's uh what just just in case we match up what was your second technology thing uh, that kurt russell started with a brain and then he controlled all the molecules oh <laughs> just the molecules no i didn't touch that either <laughs> <laughs> And it was just literally a big brain in the middle of the planet. Literally a big brain just hanging out in space. I'm sure that's been in something else. I can't remember what it is. Yeah. I'm sure there's like a Star Trek episode or something where they just find like a, a remnants of a, or just these ideas that there's just, yeah, I don't know. It's when when he first showed the video of like, and it was like, to me, that was like the equivalent of one of those scenes of, um, uh, exposition where it's like you sit in front of screens and someone explains stuff you know like a lot of yeah. movies have that so that was this version it was just like him yeah. doing a graphics display of like the thing <laughs> but it was like his magic graphics but the way he was like at first I was this brain and then I was watching it and I was like yeah but he wasn't really a brain was he you know surely that's just a representation of his mind and then when you see the brain I was like oh no it's really a brain. A brain, yeah. A human sort of, it's a brain, or just a brain. Okay, fine, that's fine. Pulsing just, yeah. brain. Just blinks into existence at some random point in space. Controls all the molecules. 
What are yours? Well, he's a celestial, so who fucking yeah. knows what they'd be up to? Yeah. Okay. Um. I. So this is this is funny considering what you were saying about it. I love the Sovereign's fleet. I thought it was oh. brilliant, and oh, it's a so thing. Funny. What's a thing? But I don't like. Why is it so funny? It's like, li- like what? It's they're drones. What's drones? The remote control drones. Oh, oh, the way with the jockey. Yeah. It was hilarious. That was the funniest thing I've ever seen. But why the- is it funny? I thought it was clever. Why was it funny? Oh, it was great that they were drones, but when you cut to them and realized the manner and how silly it was, I think they did a lot of things with those characters to make them look silly. And that was one of them. Was okay, yeah. The drone concept was very clever, but when you saw how they okay. were operating the drones on the little bouncy horses, okay, it just made them look silly. And everything, they, they were trying to make them look silly the whole movie, were they not? With the carpet? With pulling oh, her on the carpet. Oh, yeah. that, oh, that they were so silly. Bad. They were, We were supposed to mock them. <laughs> her tiny little steps. Rocket mocked them. I feel like there was something yeah. funny about the fact that they're okay. like these perfect okay. golden people. I thought you were just saying it was a ridiculous idea. No, I'm talking about okay. the horse. When you're, when you're at the arcade and you've got the motorcycle one, you've got to, you know, when you see people competing on the horses and they're bouncing up and down like that as fast as they possibly can to I... compete. It looks so stupid. Had them. They're hilarious, but there's something so funny. So the fact that they put that in here just to make these people look stupid was so funny. Elizabeth Mm -hmm. Debicki in all her beautiful glory, right? On the jockey horse, bouncy horse. It's so funny. (laughs) She's like, oh no. (laughs) See, that's okay. But I want to talk about the technology, though, not the ridiculousness of them. I want to talk about it because because we have these. We have unmanned combat aerial vehicles or combat drones and they are under real-time human control and used for both drone strikes and battlefield intelligence Mm -hmm. and i'd never really thought about this before because like drone strikes yeah sure but i always just think of the aerial vehicles being for combat it totally makes sense to me though that they would have some there that are just for intelligence for like getting and relaying information in the battlefield it's just something i've never thought about oh uh, like you know? a runner like think- on the football field you have a coach runner yeah, who just runs like- out to be like hey get there get the info get it back you know yeah. i just i was like oh that's kind of cool um and anyway like i i'd like to think that the reason for this is saving human lives but i actually think it's probably more to do with the fact that they're lower weight and smaller size and probably cheaper to make so mm-hmm. also do you reckon that they get hazard pay if they have to fly into a combat zone <laughs> isn't that just their job and it's... i don't know i was just thinking about it i was like you know there are people in combat zones who are just reporters and photographers yeah, so that's a job. Pay? No, that's a job. Okay. Well, I hope they get paid a lot more than the ones at the desk with the remote control. <laughs> Probably not. I don't know. But you're risking your life. Surely your life is worth something. Soldiers risk their lives. Do you think how much do they get paid? I don't know how much they get paid. Maybe nothing. Yeah, but I would, I would, I would assume that a soldier gets paid well to a certain degree like that they would get paid more for being in a combat zone well they have all the that's why they make it these ads to make everyone feel like it's an amazing hero thing so that they they're they're convinced to risk their lives for not much money because they're joining a thing now i'm disappointed i Um, have no idea i have no idea i'm just (laughs) I, i would believe 
I would believe it if someone told me that they're not. Okay. Well, uh, something I wanted to talk about was I want to go back to Yondu's mohawk and arrow because we didn't mm-hmm. talk about it last um, last time. And I was like, how does that work? And I genuinely was looking for something really complicated. Um, and yeah, it's not. So like, it's called a yaka arrow. I'll have you know. So we'll get you one of them. Mm. Um, and it's basically real. the mohawk is acting like the bow. So the mohawk is the bow and the and then the for the arrow and that's why he has to have it but it's if the motion is in response to pitch of the whistling um i was like initially getting all like fancy looking at like levitation using sound waves but i mean the arrow is a device and the mohawk is basically alexa and the frequency pitch of the whistle is the command so the whistle is just saying go really fast through all those people so what's the direct what's the directional one how, how, what about the accuracy of the space? I guess it's just in the pitch and what, like whatever. That's why Yandu knows how to knows how to control it, depending on how he whistles. Yeah. Well, yeah. But that it's... communicates through the arrow, some through the mohawk, some way. It's like the receiver. Wait. So yeah, why would it to... need to be in his brain? I don't know if it was in his brain. It was like on his fused. Head. Oh, oh yeah, so. maybe I don't know, but he could easily yeah. replace it, so I guess not. Yeah. Either way, it was cool. Uh, he yeah, had a I scene thought, where he like, killed yeah. loads of people with it, one after the other. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last thing then I had was oh, I just wanted to give a shout out to hashtag airlock drama, but like cool airlock drama. The Ravagers. Remind me. So this when they when they do the mutiny, this is like I love this. The Ravagers are space pirates, like they literally are space pirates. That's mm-hmm. what they are, mm-hmm. and they do the mutiny um, on Yondu's ship, and they start throwing the other Ravagers out the airlock. So they're walking the plank into oh, space, basically. Yeah. So they put them into the airlock. But then what I really like is I like that they did like a slow depiction of the airlock drama. They didn't do the, you know, doors shoot open and then violent rush of air and everyone's like shot out into space. They did that thing, which is like, so I think I've read it somewhere where they've said that a door on like an airlock door like that wouldn't just like immediately, it would open slowly. And then opening slowly would mean that the pressure would change gradually rather than having that initial violent impact that would knock people out into space. Mm -hmm. So because it changes slowly, you'd kind of just die there and then. Mm -hmm. So I just like that they did that with the person then is just like freezes or, you know, passes out, asphyxiates in the airlock immediately instead of just being like and then floats out with the air into space. I don't know. I just thought it was cool. I like the way that they die in space. I like the effects of the face going like blue and then it was pretty scary. It's a more accurate depiction because it's yeah. like... Is it just like shattering? I can't remember. I read it somewhere. It's like you would pass out within 15 seconds and you would asphyxiate within 90 seconds. But because of the elasticity of our skin, your body would expand. So you'd bloat up, but you wouldn't like explode or crack off. Mm, and then no. you just gradually freeze over. Yeah, we did that in um, in gravity that you're asphyxiating yeah. the amount of time you just, you're just asphyxiated like anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, they were all my like technology bits that I wanted to natter about. Do you mm-hmm. have anything else? Nope. 
Okay, question four. If you could have anything from the movie, what would it be? Or is there anything that you wish existed? Would you want that antenna, the empath one? I just wanted to ask, because some of it, I was like, oh yeah, like, you know, the laughter, you know, sharing in the laughter. His pure, like that he was, that was fine and sometimes not. But I just wanted to know, like, would you want that antenna? Sometimes I do think it would be good to be able to feel what other people are feeling, to understand it. Yeah, I think so. Do you know, like when we can't really comprehend Mm -hmm. or when we don't have the capacity to express how we are feeling so that somebody else can understand it. Sometimes I do think, oh, I wish someone could just feel the exact way that I'm feeling right now and then they would understand. And it's not even just about like emotion in terms of sad or happy or tired or whatever it's like it's it's times where you know it's like sometimes where I'm struggling really hard at work and I can't focus and I'm having a really rough time I'm like if everyone at work could just feel exactly how my brain feels right now I think they would just be like it's fine just take a day or two Mm. find your focus again yeah I want someone to know the way I felt but not necessarily I don't want them to feel it's like if you feel really bad but you're having trouble explaining it I don't want them to feel as bad as I feel but I want them to know. The only way yeah. to really know is to feel it. So I think that it would be really yeah. useful to be able to communicate uh, yeah. and to be able to be there for people. So that was one thing I was just thinking. That's but, um, good. The thing that I love, this is kind of moving on the last episode with the weapon that made people just like fall down. Remember mm-hmm. how I said? So this one, the rocket's weapon that makes people just fly in the air. It was a bit more violent than the one that makes them fall down. But when he's in the tree and he's got this weapon that makes people be like, oh, and then those people are like, oh, and then people are like, oh, and he's just enjoying watching it. That is just so funny. It was a cool weapon. I wouldn't mind that one. Rocket's got some cool stuff. I did have like one of of his things. There's a scene where when Quill and Gamora are going to Ego's planet and they're leaving Rocket behind to fix the ship. And he's got this thing and it looks like a power washer. And it looks like he's spraying the power wash. But it's like creates this little, um, looks like a holographic grid type thing and then fills in the space. So it's almost like he's just like spray cleaning, but it's fixing the ship. And I was like, I want one of them. Oh yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, he had a, he had a lot of cool stuff. I can just stuff. go spray, fixed, awesome. Mm. <laughs> Um, I like the spacesuit thingy that uh, Yandu puts on Quill at the end. I don't understand it, but yeah, I like it. I love it. that. I love that spacesuit. And uh, I want baby group. People love the little baby characters. It's like a whole cultural thing, eh? People go nuts over mm. a little cute face. I'm guessing you don't. <laughs> I don't mind it. I just, I'm like, I know what you're trying to do to me. You're trying to get me to like this character because <laughs> it has a little baby <laughs> face. <laughs> Rita refuses she rebels if you try to make me try to make me respond to this I will not (laughs) I walked past it was like a grandmother and mother and a baby right they're all going for a walk together which is like oh how nice and they walk past me and I could see they're just expecting me to give one of those smile of like oh isn't that nice and I was like I'm not giving it to them I'm looking (gasps) straight past them and I just felt like their horror like that I didn't give them that like Oh, how lovely. Three generations going for a walk. I was like, I don't care. 
Do you know what? <laughs> I, no, because I agree with you. The thing is, you don't care. Why don't you just be happy with, with your life? Group. And then Agreed. like cats and dogs, you show me like a little kitten or a little puppy. Oh my God, absolutely. But if you're out in public in a place like that's that's me looking at stuff online or in TV yeah. and movies. If I'm out in a place in public and you've got something, you know, if you've got a cute little cat or puppy, I'll be like adorable. Uh, but if you look at me expectantly, like, look how cute my puppy is. I know you want to look at how cute my puppy is. Then I purposefully will be like, Nah, bitch. Why don't you just be comfortable with your own choices, bitch? <laughs> I'm not. I am not giving you the satisfaction of my not acuteness here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I I didn't know where you're going to go with that. I thought you were going to be like, "Well, you're just a mean bitch," but but you feel me? No, I, I feel you. I, you, I really yeah. do. I get really annoyed with people who allow their like dogs to run up to you because they think like, or their kids to run up to you like in restaurants and stuff because they're like, oh, aren't they cute? And oh, kids. And I'm like, no. I'm here having a fucking meal with someone. I don't give a shit what your kid is doing. Why are they in my space? Sorry. Totally. <laughs> uh, but I do like it when people are like at a table and they're with a baby, but they're not realizing the baby's looking straight at me. The baby is just looking straight at me. They don't, they're not trying yeah. to get my attention. The baby yeah. is just decided to stare at my face over like their parents' shoulder. Yeah. And they're holding my gaze. That's yeah. the funniest thing in the world. The baby's that, just yeah, like... that's acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> that's an interaction, a direct interaction between oh, okay. you and the baby. That's Hello, baby. fine. <laughs> that was your choice together. I'll do it. That you kind of went, hey. I was like, you're being very cute. That I... wasn't, yeah. That wasn't, a, that wasn't a parent going, look how cute my thing is. I'm like, I won't like, just no. fall with you just because you have a baby face. Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I digress. <laughs> oh. Okay, I want baby group. That's all. Um, okay, question five. What's the most unbelievable thing or the most ridiculous thing? Give me your list. Do you want? Will I just do my two? Abby, and you give me your list. I don't have anything <laughs> for this answer. I couldn't. I, I struggled because the whole movie is ridiculous. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I don't. I was like, how do I pass this out? But again, like you said, this is superhero <laughs> land. It's space people. The, okay, the brain well, in the middle of the planet but, of course yeah, that was the big brain was one of mine <laughs> but of course it's like it's glaring straight at us but it's essentially yeah okay what else well that's it then <laughs> I had one but I was kind of reaching with it because I was like in the end actually I, I actually kind of thought it was just fun and it was when Gamora picks up when Nebula and Gamora are having their intense fight at the cave and Nebula like tries to hit Gamora with the ship and then the ship comes apart a bit and she picks up the gun from the ship, like this enormous thing, and just starts walking towards Nebula with the gun from the ship and is firing it at her. I just thought that was great. I did, I, I, yeah, that's a... No, yeah, I don't have something as specific as that, like a bit in the fight scene, which is stupid. But you know when, when you just Kurt have the Russell, whole movie, that's just fine. The whole movie. But I think if we, if we start getting into the nitty gritty again about how the whole movie is ridiculous, we're... <laughs> I know, but also when Kurt Russell's <laughs> character, Ego, so the, the Rick and Morty equivalent of Ego is Unity. It's a really great episode. Okay. Just, you know. You told Christina me that you Hendricks. had a lot of really, really mean stuff to say about this. Have you just decided not to say it because yeah. I've gotten so yeah. <laughs> antsy? Yeah, because it, it will kill you. Because I want you to say it. No. But I, I just want to say, say no. Things. No. Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell's scene where you see like it's really shit of him he's a fuck boy 
Like I've oh, never. Yeah. I guess this is my final comment. So I'll, I'll pause here. I didn't okay, well, realize that it was. Let's go final comments. Go on. Kurt Russell's a fuck boy. Yeah. Awful. That's the thing. Kurt, what Kurt a psychopath. A what a psychopath. And Quilla's a little bit of a fuck boy. What? And Quilla's realizing he doesn't want to be like his dad. Kurt Russell. What a fucking psychopath. Oh, he was disgusting. His whole like, oh yeah, I'm just like trying to like spread my love across the galaxy. And like, I'm just like, you fuck boy. Those women were like. And then, and then he's like, oh, I didn't want to keep coming back to Earth because your mother was so fine. So I gave her cancer so that I could go along with my mission. Like, this guy is the, wor- <laughs> the worst. <laughs> awful. He is the worst. There's some awful shit, man. Okay. Abby, this movie has some awful shit in it. Like okay. of people doing things that is so awful that if you think about it, I mean, it's really disturbing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to like, okay. So Hasselhoff was one of my final comments. We've already talked about that. That's fine. Um, one thing I do want to say is I don't know how exactly they do the whole like alien full body makeup stuff. Like the Drax look and the Gamora look mm. and the Nebula look. I don't know if that's actually you know done in the makeup chair or if it's done cgi or half and half but whatever it is i just think it's one of the best i've seen of that kind of stuff yeah i was just thinking about it when i was watching there was a couple of close-up shots of like drax and just his skin just looks like skin. it looks good i'm sure Do you know what i mean makeup. it doesn't look like it's added on it just looks that it's there's something slightly grainy about it like it's not made to look this perfect kind of um yeah, I don't know. I just, think I, I think the makeup's done really well. Do you think it's cheaper to do makeup or CGI? Well, I don't know. Because I suppose like how long does it take in the makeup chair? Be like three hours. No, I, I reckon. Better, uh, so I don't know. I saw Michael Rooker at Comic-Con. He looked like his character. So, But, oh, I, so they must but do, I reckon yeah. prosthetics technology. I bet you this people gets... We don't give these people enough credit, man. I bet you no, we don't, yeah. they have so many inventions to make it easier, but I reckon they do the whole yeah. classic sitting in the chair. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. There's a whole video called Dave Bautista's. He looks amazing. Oh, you can kind of see him. I think they're adding in the scars later. Right, yeah. But, but he looks like he's all colored, but he hasn't got the scars. Oh, no. I'm confused. We can just watch this. It's six minutes okay. long. Wow, what else is that guy in? What Dave else Batista. is he in? Yeah. He's in he's in more stuff now, but he's a wrestler. And what's his uh, nationality? Pro wrestler, so that's where he, where he came from. American, I'm sure. He's American. Okay. Anyway, that I just want to say that about the makeup stuff because I think that's kind of cool. So my my last last final comment is that I have cried at Yondu's funeral every single time I watched the movie. I loved it, and then Michelle Yao pops up, and I was like, oh, here we yeah. go. But Michelle it was just it, it's just it's the fact that all the ravages turn up. I think it's beautiful the wacky weirdness of the rainbow stuff. 
and the fireworks and the Ravager funeral and Sean Gunn's character like standing there seeing them and just being so emotional and excited that they turned up for Yondu. Just like... It was yeah. beautiful because he I redeemed just, yeah, himself. Every, every time I watch it, I just get mm. I've, I get teary looking at it. I just think it's a beautiful moment and I love it very much. Also, the first time I watched the movie, I was fucking gutted that Yandu was dead. Like I was beyond gutted. I couldn't cope. Um, okay, so that's it for the miniseries, Frida. We made it. Yeah. You made it to the end. I'm so proud of you. And we only nearly killed each other in the last two movies. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know how you felt about Guardians of the Galaxy because you had like, oh, we're doing all this just so we can get to... I didn't know if you said get to Guardians of the Galaxy or get through Guardians of the Galaxy. And I was like, does she want to zoom through it or does she want to get to it? I I didn't know. Um, Now I know. I was more just like, because these movies, like especially with the first three, they're kind of like the continuation of the story, but like... Um, especially with Guardians then as well, like the stuff that happens in it, yeah, there's sciencey stuff and technology and things. But in the scope of like what we do in the main episodes, I just felt like all five of them didn't need a whole episode on their own to talk about the science of them. Yeah, fair enough. And I thought the next main episode that we would we should look at would be at the Avengers Two Age of Ultron, which I'm very, very much looking forward to us. That's the um, next major one. Uh yeah. Oh. oh wait, is it actually next in the? It was Infinity Wars. No, no, no. There's the Avengers two first. Here we go. So, how do we feel about where we are in the MCU story and and how it's all going in our Marvel journey? We're ten movies into the story, though. That five in a row was really a lot. Yeah, watch five in a row. Like that was in, in, intense. I have no room in my life for any other movies. <laughs> I haven't seen any movie for fun for ages. <laughs> There's no time. But it's done now. We did it. So, like, yeah, I know it was a lot. But, like, are you happy that we've moved on in the story, that we've made it through all of these now and we get to kind of... I guess I'm tired. I'm yawning. You have no opinions whatsoever about this. I don't know. Okay. There's more people. I'm excited because <laughs> I see the people in yeah. the pop culture. So I'm excited to meet Elizabeth Olsen. I know that Paul Bettany becomes a robot man. So I'm like, I want to be in on that, man. So I can okay. talk about it with everyone else. I made a reference. <laughs> I made a reference to Marvel at work. <clears throat> they talked about uploading their mind. And I was like, they kept in America, the Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to be in Just on it. Get like a shocked look of faces. Like what? it was like this. It was like, yeah, yes, yeah, like that. <laughs> oh, now you're part of the team. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So our next. Okay, so this is the end of this cycle. So we'll be on a break. Uh, well, we've got our main episode next week, and then we'll be on a break for three weeks, and then we'll be back with our next cycle which means a brand new miniseries and admittedly this one's a bit of a reach (laughs) (laughs) but i was fucking determined to find a way and i have found a way so i've decided to go on this uh concept of social sciences idea of 
movies about teenagers and society for teenagers um as uh, and and how we look at them now yeah sure we'll find a way it's fine we just want to watch these movies so that's it okay so the si- so the mini series i have titled it teenage dirtbag i'm just a teenage yeah okay dirtbag. so we are doing clearless yay now we can die. never been kissed yay empire records yay 10 things i hate about you fuck yeah and greece okay <laughs> the most pro- yeah greece is the most problematic movie of all time I, think. I know it's one of those movies where this like they do a magic a magic spell on the audience and they forget how dark it is right all they remember is the la da da come out singing the songs going wow this is so fun and then you look at it when you're older and you're like jesus what she was singing about abortion (laughs) she was that song was all about got that to look forward to (laughs) the one that i want yeah but let's yeah we just focus on that one Okay, well, thank you. Thank you, Frida, for making it through these five movies. I do apologize that some of it was contentious, <laughs> but we did it. And that's what matters. So I'm proud of us. <laughs> okay. And now I have an All election. Right. Do you know it's election night? To get... Oh. Yeah. What? That's, we have had an election, federal election today. That's what I'm going to do right now is watch the votes get counted. It's a big day. Cool. And for anyone listening, that was like, what, two months ago? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Okay. Bye. Bye.